Welcome to the Hamumu Halloween Home Horror Hoedown, the podcast where we watch scary movies so you don't have to. From award-winning to completely unknown, we take them all way too seriously. I'm your host, Mike Hommel. And I'm your host, Solange Hommel. Now warning, we use a ghoulish number of spoilers, so watch the movies first. Second warning, we don't know anything about anything, so don't take us seriously as we take these movies seriously. Hey, are you ready to talk about this stupid movie? I heard recently that you're going to refer to it as this stupid movie for the entire podcast. That it's as if we had gone through the podcast with a search and replace and replaced all the times that I say movie with this stupid movie. I don't know how you can say that when we have here a horror anthology Mm -hmm. written by children. I mean, probably not actually written by children. Possibly literally written by children. There's no evidence that it's not written by children, but it's also very (laughs) possible that it's not. Honestly, if there was evidence that it was written by children, I would be less annoyed at this movie. Yeah, that would be fun. And today's special movie that is great and wonderful mm, is delightful. called Creepy Pasta from 2023. So you know it's going to be good, and also you know why I had to watch it. I mean, it's called Creepy Pasta. I feel like in case there are any listeners, just in case there are any case listeners, there are any <laughs> listeners, and if any of those listeners happen to be older than us. A thing I do not think is true. (laughs) I don't think so either. (laughs) But just in case there's someone listening who's like, I don't know what creepypasta means. Sounds self-explanatory to me. Does it? Yeah, like spaghetti spaghetti and ghost balls. That sounds dirty. Oh, yeah. No, will you do a very brief explanation as to where the term creepypasta came from and how it could possibly be connected to a horror anthology? You know what? As a young Gen Z millennial person, sir, I would love sir. to help you out with this. No, sir. You're as Gen You're X. acting real sus right now. <laughs> You're as Gen X as they come. <laughs> um You're you're barely even That's cap. <laughs> you're barely even uh cusp Gen X. At least I can say I'm on the cusp. No, you are terribly using outdated I can't think, young person. I was trying to think of other ones and I can't. <laughs> I'm, I'm surprised you're not like over here Ooh, dapping dab. or dabbing or whatever it's called. You didn't say it right. <laughs> oh, the oldness on this podcast is overwhelming. Okay. So creepypasta yeah. is a concept from many years ago, actually, like probably 20 years ago is when it started. I don't know. You can so check your facts. So it's from those millennials that like all the boomers think are still young people, but are actually very middle-aged <laughs> Very people. old people. Yeah. On internet forums, like Something Awful and 4chan and Reddit, kids would write scary stories. And I think the, the whole concept behind Creepypasta, which is based on the word copypasta, which is based on the phrase copy and paste. Mm-hmm. The whole original idea is that someone would start a scary story and 
someone else would add on and add on and add on. And so it's, you know, people working together, not really, it's not copying and pasting. Each one is writing their own thing, but they're it's combining, like co- making a story together. Yeah, like a collaborative writing thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. But f- the way I know more of it, which I don't know much of it, is I think this is more of a Reddit thing, but people would start a story and pretend it was real. Like basically they're pretending that they're just doing journal entries for some reason on Reddit mm-hmm. about something that's happening to them and being like, what, what do you guys think this means? Mm-hmm. And they'll, they'll insert like pictures, like they'll take a picture of their house and like, you know, scribble some white on it in Photoshop and be like, oh, it looks like there's a ghost in here. What do you guys <laughs> think? And stuff like that. And so it's all really dumb. And my understanding, understanding of it dovetails perfectionalistically with this movie in that as far as i know these stories have zero plot structure they don't make any sense and they go absolutely nowhere a typical creepy pasta story to me and i know other people disagree with this and i will get into that okay is like i was coming into my house after work i, I unlocked the door i thought i heard a noise behind me and i came inside and and then I was killed. And yeah. that's the story. Yeah. That's the extent of the kind of storytelling and depth you get. And they try to be real creepy. And I feel like that is where they succeed. Like Slender Man is well known from this sort of creepypasta genre. And it's imagery and ideas that sound really creepy, but there's just nothing there. There's no story. Yeah. There's nothing to it. And that's kind of my own uh, high school writing history as well. So I understand it. It reminds me of the movie that we reviewed. Was it We're All Going to the World's Fair? Yes, which definitely fit in. Which was like the college version of this, you know, where of, of making videos with the intent of going viral by pretending that something is happening to you. Whereas Creepypasta is like... The fifth grade version of it. Yes, indeed it is. And I do want to say that I looked at reviews of this movie and there was definitely a lot of people hating on the movie, but hating on it from the perspective of this doesn't even use all the really cool creepypastas. It's like, it's not even based on any that I've heard of said this, you know, it could have been so amazing if it had been those great stories and I didn't read those stories. Maybe they are great. But this movie very accurately represented what I thought Creepypasta was like. Well, and I wonder how much of that is remembering great stories because you were like 12 when you read them. And they felt bigger and scarier and more put together than they really were. And they were in tune with your emotions and the challenges of the time sure well it's like us reading scary stories to tell in the dark right Uh uh-huh we saw that movie oh yeah Yeah, okay because that was like our generation's version of that only of course it was like (laughs) written by writers (laughs) right actual published adult authors creating stories for children where whereas this i mean i like i do like the idea of the accessibility for young people on the internet to connect with each other and to do creative writing. And, you yeah. know, it, it's amazing. But at the same time, it definitely 
is like elementary school age level <laughs> storytelling. And and maybe that's the point of this movie is that they maybe, maybe they did go and pick like the least mature of all of the stories. You know, like the ones that that had because none of these stories had like a beginning, middle, and end. No. They didn't have a problem solution. They didn't have uh -uh. character development of any kind. None whatsoever. And so often it was like you said, where there would sort of be something happening and then it would just be like the end. Mm -hmm. Like like how when my fifth graders would be writing stories and they'd get to the end of the back of the page and they'd be like, well, I ran out of paper. That's the end. And I'm like, that, that's not why you end a story. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a fun twist, though, if you were reading a novel and it came out like that. Like, sorry, the publisher yeah. said if, I, if it was any longer than this, it would take a more expensive binding. So right. we're done. I have this many pages <laughs> and it's over. <laughs> Yeah, which is why I say if this movie had been written by fifth graders, I would which be it impressed. Might have been. True. But I would be more impressed because I'd be like, oh, like this is amazing for children to have done. I suspect there were some adults involved. There were definitely adult actors involved, which was something I found kind of amusing was that some of the stories were about adults and like, you know, whatever, they're having their wine drinking parties or whatever. And I'm like... Should kids have written this? I don't know. That's weird. But also like a weirdly childish idea of what those wine drinking parties yes. are. That was my childish idea of it was calling it a wine drinking party. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I am annoyed that this movie that really should not have taken any of my notes. Like I, it, it does not have the quality where I should have lots of notes. I have almost two full sides of notes because there were 10 stories plus the through story. Mm -hmm. And I knew as soon as I realized it was an anthology, I was like, I'm going to have to take notes on each one of these, <laughs> at least something because I will forget what happened in these. And I was really glad that I did take notes because they were all so disjointed <laughs> and, and like yes. not stories that I probably would not, remember any of them if i hadn't written something down this movie is probably the most notes i have written on a movie in a year or more <laughs> for the same reason <laughs> because it was so good and so interesting <laughs> oh so for a different reason <laughs> yeah i would like to quickly run through the entire plot of this movie well the plots of the 10 stories can i do that can you do each one in five words or less no. Okay. But I can do it quick. Okay, go. The first story, for some reason, was in Spanish. There was a ghost app, and a monster grabbed a girl's legs and pulled her under the bed, and she was gone, and then the monster pushed buttons on the phone. To invite her friend to come up. Yeah. And also be attacked, I assume. Yeah, for some reason, her voice was recorded on the phone, and there were buttons to play it, and we don't know why. Okay, yeah. Second story. Yeah. Jumbie is this little girl's imaginary friend, a name that we have heard before in other movies. She has a mean brother. Jumbie is tall. He bagged up the girl. Yep. Third story. There's an old lady with an oxygen tank, a really annoying little girl who kept saying, I want a glass of water. Can I have a glass of water? Bunch of black balloons. And then the oxygen tank was being used to inflate the balloons. Mm -hmm. 
a butterfly came out of the old lady's mouth. Okay. Fourth story. Mm -hmm. A bunch of adult women are having a wine drinking party in which they are discussing different oddities of life, I guess. Things that are weird and gross. Yeah. One of which is you could fit a raccoon up your butt. <laughs> oh my God. Which is, I suppose, a child's idea of what adults talk about. <laughs> That's a really good, good description. Yeah. Okay. Someone, but the important fact. <laughs> those were side stories to this complex tale. Yes. The main story was that shadow people can be seen out of the corner of your eye sometimes. And then after all the wine drinking ladies go home, the one whose house they were at sees shadow people out of the corner of her eye. I don't even know if she dies or not. Whatever. Probably. Fifth story. <laughs> this was funny. <laughs> this was the guy who breaks all the rules. He was such a rebel. <laughs> he walked do on not, grass. Yeah, when do not was... <laughs> walk on the grass. Uh, what else did he do? He had a license plate that said troublemaker. Mm-hmm. And then a, an alert came on the TV that for some reason, the opposite of every other alert I've ever seen, said, do not watch. And of course, he had to watch it. Because he can't follow the rules. And then later, his phone was like, do not answer me. Mm -hmm. And he answered it. And there was a guy with hooks all up in him who was being a puppet. And then the puppet was descending over the guy and was going to grab him. Yes. Oh, actually, the hooks were coming down and we're going to hook into him and grab him. Also, this might have been a creepy right-wing thing because it might have been Uncle Sam, the puppet master. I'm pretty sure it was. It was weird. Yeah. We're going to come back to talk about that one some more. For sure. Okay. Story number six. This guy is going to meet up with a girl that he likes. She's outside. So he goes outside to get to her. A bunch of masked people grab him. They perform a magic ritual to suck his soul out of his body. And, and put it in a jar. Oh, yeah. They totally put it in a jar. There's several other soul jars there. And now his body's taken over by somebody, ancient demon, that his girlfriend is actually into. And she's like, yay, you like your new body, right? Which, that's the closest we've got to a story, I think. True. Yeah. Story seven. The furthest we ever get from a story. This is about a girl who writes creepypastas about the gray man. Mm -hmm. Very meta. The gray man comes and gets her. Story eight. Also in Spanish. Some of these stories are in Spanish. Mm -hmm. Georgie from It shows up in this kid's bedroom and I think is warning him about a grandma demon who comes to get him, who gets him. And I think there's something about teeth because I'm pretty sure his grandma, who was reading him a story before bedtime and wanted him to go to sleep, was putting like a tooth under his pillow. Yeah, I know he had, he was concerned that someone was going to show up for the tooth. And I thought it was going to be like, oh, the tooth fairy is actually a scary demon or something. But it wasn't really the tooth fairy at any point. No, it was some like demon ghost kid called Sam who apparently comes to visit him regularly. Sure. Now, that wasn't the problem. Grandma no. demon was the problem. Yeah. Story nine. This girl is doing her college homework. Her boyfriend's there. She says, you should go home. I got to finish my homework. She listens to like a podcast about evil rituals. And she says, M. Crow Shavem, which probably makes her get killed. Well, she says it into the mirror. Yeah. And something bad happens. I didn't write down what, so I don't remember. And then the next thing we know is that someone, possibly her boyfriend, is listening to the same true crime podcast 
about the same ritual. Oh, so he's going to do it too. It was kind Twist. of a, it was kind of a ring thing, like where it gets yeah. passed on. And yeah. Also, I spent most of this one trying to unscramble the letters of M. Crow Shavem to feel like it must have meant something, but I couldn't figure it out. Hmm. Okay. Story ten. I feel like there's a little bit of a plot here. Mm-hmm. Girl rings a doorbell. She's there to babysit Mateo because she's been called to do so. The parents aren't there. She's just going to take care of Mateo, who's sick. And he's like, oh, no, there's a scary monster, and he's going to eat you. And basically, the monster eats her, but it turns out Mateo's glad about that because it's his job to be in charge of feeding the monster. Who is El Cuco? Right. And as soon as he has fed his babysitter to the monster, then his mom can come home because it's safe because the monster's not hungry anymore. Yeah. Plot. Yeah. And that's all 10 stories. All 10 stories, which we are watching as the through story, is a guy who murdered his best friend for sleeping with his girlfriend and then comes to this house that has dead bodies in it and looks at a series of like zip drives, each of them having this like short creepypasta story on it. Mm-hmm. And he's like increasingly more and more dilapidated and like sickly looking just blood pouring out of his nose as things go on yeah and it like it like we don't know why he's there at first and then by the end you know it's like oh you found your story and you know then we see what why he was there we saw the 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 tape of him killing his friend but really he's just his story right he's just there to find that tape and destroy it, I assume, so that he doesn't yeah. get in trouble for killing his friend, which is a weird story. Well, clearly, she had hacked their computer and filmed this, and he went... She who? The creepy pasta writer who narrated the whole movie. This movie was narrated by a 12-year-old girl. It was. Wait, so is it not the same creepy pasta writer as the lady writer from the one story? No, because it was a little girl. Yeah. Okay. It, so- it was weird. She'd narrate and be like, my stories are extra scary because they have monsters in them. Or my stories get in your head like a mind virus and you're going to have to deal with that. And then we see a story about a virus. Yeah. Although none of them were really about a virus. Again, if a fifth grader had done this, I would be impressed. (laughs) But I feel like this is an adult version of what a fifth grader thinks an adult is. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. I don't disagree with any of your summaries of any of the short stories. I mean, (laughs) there aren't a lot of facts to disagree with. No. There are a few I would like to comment on. Yeah, we can definitely dig into what they meant, what the themes and messages were. Well, here's the thing. There were a couple where I was like, oh, there's some depth to this one. The first one being the old lady and the kid with the oxygen tank and the balloons and all that. That one felt like it was an art piece that was had something to say. Yes. And here's what I think. It was saying, I think it was a a story about mortality and about the futility of fighting against your mortality Hmm. and about how annoying young people are. Is that a deep message? Because the young person was annoying, was super annoying and disruptive and problematic. But then at the end, here's the really important piece about it. 
at the end, the young person was taking the oxygen tank that the lady needed to be alive <laughs> and using it to blow up balloons. Yeah. And that felt very pointed to me. It was very rude. Kids today, I tell right? you. Wait a minute. This creepypasta was written by a boomer. This, I mean, that fits with the other one. This movie was not written by anyone young. This was written by a 56-year-old guy who lives in a bunker and has an M16. Oh, no, they call it 15, AR-15. Yeah, he's got a wall full of guns. You think he's and only he 57? I would put him more like... He's 66. No, he's 66. If he was 72... I, I, I don't I know. Mean, Something whole, would be different. The whole oxygen He wouldn't know what thing. creepypasta was. He's got grandkids. Yeah, he does. They don't live in the bunker with him because youth is annoying. <laughs> yeah, they don't want to hang around him <laughs> anyway because he is weird. No, I just think that that story, though, had a very pointed message about mm-hmm. how the youth are squandering the resources that are necessary to keep old people alive. <laughs> yes, indeed. Right? That was it. It's And at the same time being really annoying about asking for water a lot. Yeah, and oh, that's <gasps> part of it. And you it's You think it's like a climate change like drought thing? Yeah, it's all you kids and your made up climate change nonsense when I'm just trying to sit here and water my lawn. This is a creepy pasta written by like Montana about California. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the Montanans got together and put they worked together and each wrote a piece of the story. Yes. Each wrote a sentence. And and because it's Montana, it's a story that's about 14 sentences long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Everyone in Montana wrote a sentence. <laughs> We love you, Montana. And that ties into story number five about the guy who breaks all the rules. This story was mm. hilarious. And unlike that one, this one like tried to have a point, but it was so on the nose that it was like breaking your nose. Also, it was someone trying to have a point where you see the point that they're trying to make, but also the fact that they're trying to make that point shows that they don't understand the point of anything. <laughs> yes. Like... Okay, it's someone who considers themselves a rebel writing about how... How much they like stomping on grass. Right, how, how like all the rules, they're not, they're not the going to just man. do what the man tells them to do. And how, again, it's about the futility of like trying to rebel. Because in the end, the Uncle Sam puppet master gets his hooks into you oh good wording Mm -hmm. good wording and you know is controlling you and making you do the things that you want to do by turning your rebelliousness against yourself Mm -hmm. it's about how the kids today are so unwilling to just conform like they should and they insist on disobeying no i feel like it's the opposite i feel like it was a message about okay here's the thing i get the sense that this story was trying to be like green day's warning where it's all about like you can't just follow rules for the sake of following rules you have to think Mm -hmm. except in missing the point they take it to the extreme of refusing to follow any rule that they are given. But it turns out it's bad to refuse to follow all the rules. I mean, I I guess... Or did they want Uncle Sam to hook this guy in? I don't even... I don't... I don't know. It's so... And the Uncle uh, Sam thing was in the dark, so... 
I thought it looked like Uncle Sam. It could be they weren't going for that at all, but that was definitely no, the vibe. No, no, no. There is no way that they weren't trying to evoke the idea of Uncle Sam because it's like it's like the the tall, like long limbed, mm-hmm. um, tall hat, stripy hat guy that's yeah. like in parades and stuff in the fifties. You know, like it was an old fashioned Uncle Sam thing. Like that was very, very specific. I don't know. There's some message there about following the rules and not following the rules, but that in not following any rules, you're suddenly following rules of some kind. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. It's making fun of like uh, goth people, you know, because that's something we always talked about, like in college, because I knew goth people and like it annoyed me how they were trying so hard Mm -hmm. to not conform that they were all conforming to their own separate thing. But they had to conform to each other, and if they didn't follow it right, they were, like, not good goths. Mm -hmm. Well, it also makes me think of, like, during COVID, you know, like, leadership is trying to say, like, hey, you know, medical professionals are like, hey, what if we... I don't know, took some medical precautions and like you wash your hands and you cover your face. And Never. You don't hang out with a thousand people because we're spreading this disease. And they were like, you can't tell me what to do. And then they all policed each other to do exactly to, to the same thing not do that. in not doing any of the things they were being told to do. Very true. And in fact, they, it's the, it's exactly like what I was saying. It's, yeah. Yeah. They're, they had their set of, rules which are anti-rules and but if you don't follow yeah. the anti-rules you are a bad person to but, the extent of like texas leadership creating ugh. laws uh-huh. about not following the rules that the medical professionals are providing yes. like it's mind it's illegal twisting. for your business to ask people to put masks on that kind of thing this felt like it was written by one of those people though mm-hmm. very much like someone who was like Government's been trying to make me put on a mask. Mm-hmm. I'll show them that I'm putting hooks into me and I, I won't let them. I think that's the thing that makes it so hard to parse out, though, because it definitely mm-hmm. had that vibe. But then when you look at what's actually happening in the story, you're like, but the message that you're giving us is the opposite of the well, message it seems like you're giving us. This is what I think, though. I think it's, I mean, we've seen how simple, simplified all these stories mm-hmm. are. Like, the general gist of the stories is monster shows up, you die. This is the same thing. This is what he fears is the government controlling him. So mm-hmm. in the end, the government got its hooks in this guy and controlled him. So mm-hmm. that's the scary thing. Mm-hmm. And that's all there is to it. Well, and that's that sense of futility. You know, mm-hmm. age, becoming old is going to come and get you no matter what. The government is going to come and get you no matter what. Obama's going to take your guns. Calm down, Montana. Yes, Montana should not have written these creepy pastas. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't actually have any disdain for this state of Montana. <laughs> so then the other issue is in story six, we find that women are going to get you no matter what and take your soul, which sounds like it was also written by an elderly married boomer, right? I mean, yeah. The only reason I might say no to that is. That it also had like a weird kind of satanic cult vibe to Very it. Very much, yes. Which, but not in the way that I would expect someone who was actually afraid of satanic cults to be. No, because he's afraid of women. 
<laughs> I mean, yeah. He just used the cult as the tool the woman was using to steal his soul. Yeah. That one also made me think that someone was afraid of the color blue. Yeah, there's a lot of that. Which reminds me that at one point I had a friend in my childhood who told me he was allergic to the color blue mm. because he didn't like that I was hitting him in the face with a blue feather duster. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he wrote a creepy pasta about someone who would not stop and it scraped his face away. Possibly. No, I I have just always thought it was funny. Like that I just is, wrote a creepy pasta just as good as theirs. It's true. Uh, that is a that is a core memory for some reason because at the time <laughs> I was like you can't be allergic to a color and he insisted that it was true. <laughs> And it was just one of those like moments that has been seared into my brain yeah. because it was one of the first examples I really had to confront face to face where someone told a lie they needed to be true so deeply that they actually started to believe their own lie. Yeah. Well, I mean, probably when the blue was touching his face, he started to I sneeze. I mean, it was a feather duster. He was yeah. allergic. <laughs> All the facts line up here. Yeah. Okay, so my question for you then, because we've already covered all the ones that I think had any message to them. The rest of them, I think, were very, like, just, there wasn't much to them. Do you have a favorite and or least favorite amongst these 10, and if you include the three through story, 11 stories? I really think the story about the guy who refused to follow the rules was hilarious because... We haven't really covered it, but they went all out. It was probably mm -hmm. longer than the other stories because it had a couple minutes, well, maybe 30 seconds, of just him breaking every rule. And it's stupid rules. And not just Don't walk on the grass. What was it like? Maybe not crossing the street at the right spot. Right. Um, there was definitely, like, he gets in his car, which had the troublemaker license plate. Oh, yeah. And then immediately drives down a one-way street, oh, where, you know, yeah. like, passing the do not enter. And all the oh, signs yeah, the do not enter. had do not. Yes. Because Every that time. was actually the name of that story in the anthology like in the credits later yeah. that one was called do not so all the signs started with do not i mean it was so funny because they, they frame every sign and be like look at this mm -hmm. and he's doing the opposite mm -hmm. like that's scary enough for me they should have just stopped there he's walking on this grass even though he's being told not to someone might confront him mm -hmm. or maybe that's the the shock at the end is like an old lady comes over and goes should you be walking there oh I would die. <laughs> that's that's a very different that's a very different horror story. <laughs> I know, but that's that's one from my perspective, not from the boomer perspective. Yes, yes. Definitely. Okay, what's your least favorite then? I am going to say the gray man. Mm -hmm. That there was absolutely nothing to that story. Like there couldn't have been less if they tried. I feel like you're right. I, the only things I wrote there for that one are Lady Writer, The Gray Man, <laughs> and then I also wrote down BFN because oh, yes. at one point, like this young writer, young adult writer is like texting or whatever with the gray man or with her friend. Yeah, who 
at one then point. is the gray man texting her also. I, I feel like like there was a switch. Like yeah. she was texting with her friend and then suddenly someone else was texting with her and it was the gray man. But at one point she like uses slang with her friend <laughs> to say, I'm, you know, she's like, I'm trying to get back to work. Like you have to stop texting me. And instead of saying like TTYL or BRB or any like real text slang to say I'm leaving this conversation, she texted BFN, which I can only assume stands for bye for now. Here's what my thought, though. Which is trash. I won't argue that. But what if it's just that you're old and all the millennials are doing this? I hate it. I've never seen them do it to me, so I I feel like it's not happening. Like, it's funny to me that I immediately knew what it was supposed to mean, probably from the context of the conversation, because I have literally never, (laughs) ever seen anyone use that text abbreviation. Yeah. I was offended. Me neither. Well, sometimes horror movies can be very offensive. Indeed. Yeah. In that story, we never even saw the monster. He was, like, texting her whatever, like, I'm going to get you. But it wasn't even that direct. It was just like, yeah, whatever. Hi, I'm the gray man. And then she, like, got sucked into a closet and was bloody and got sucked into the closet again and was gone. That was it. Yeah, yeah. That's a story. I mean, as someone who has written horror stories, there is a little something, like a little nugget of something that that could have grown into. In the sense of, like, you know, you write yourself into a scary horrific place or you know like the things that you write become so real Mm, yeah like there was something there there was an idea there but it was not fleshed out in (laughs) any way no what was your favorite i really think that the oxygen mask old lady who and, and especially because i have become very attached to the idea that it's about how the youth is just sucking away everything that <laughs> and insisting we maintain resources alive. right that one just an angry old writer yes so story-wise that was my favorite watching it was annoying because it was like very disjointed and lots of like cameras swinging around and yeah it was, it was not a fun watch for me but i liked that it felt it was the first one of all of them where i was like oh finally there's some kind of thought to that like there's yeah. something to this and i, I feel like I it's still the like only it. one that felt like that well i mean <laughs> do do not i think also felt like that yeah but dumb thoughts right and el cuco i think had a plot to it yeah it did it definitely but, did it was one of the longer ones and there was actually a plot there. Yeah. It wasn't particularly good, but it was there was a plot for sure. Yeah. And I think with the with the oxygen mask one too, I liked like there was some uh, it was obvious symbolism, but there was symbolism to mm-hmm. it, you know, and there was just kind of surreal, you know, at first you didn't know like there were just balloons showing up in places and a lot of the things that she was hallucinating, I think were very symbolic in ways and then you kind of figure out what it all is i don't know that was that was my favorite deeply artistic yeah what was your least favorite i think it's a tie between the lost tooth kid and i don't know Uh what that story was called but the one where like sam and the yellow slicker was coming to visit and Mm -hmm. the old lady monster was in the closet 
I think that one annoyed me because I felt like it thought there was something there. Like, I feel like there, there's like right in my peripheral vision, <laughs> which contrary to these wine drinking ladies is not clearer <laughs> than not, the rest of my great vision. vision. I felt like there was a, there was meaning kind of in the peripheral of that story. And, and the story thinks it told me what it was, but I'm like, dude, you never actually brought it out for us to see. Yeah. Because there's something about the fact that it was like the old lady was like his grandma. Yeah. I was wondering if that was like his grandma turned scary, and, which and is, a, you know, there's a, a fear for kids is old people are scary. But she was there and like reading a story to yeah. him. And like, this was the lady who was raising him is the sense that I got. And then she tells him to go to bed and... Then suddenly she's a monster in his closet. I, I don't know. Or I, it was just a totally different old lady demon. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't get it. And so it annoyed me that I didn't yeah. understand it. And I felt like there was something they wanted there to be something there to understand. Whereas the other ones where I was like, there's not a story here. I still can see what they were trying to do. They just didn't do it. Yeah. So I feel like a tie between that one and the overall through story. <laughs> yeah, that was bad. Which... <laughs> I wasn't enjoying anyway because it was just watching this person get grosser and grosser each time we That's saw him. literally the only thing that happened during it. But then at the end, it got even worse because I'm like, wait, he just shot the guy that... Like, we watch him shoot in the head his best friend who slept with his girlfriend. And then the story is he's trying to find the video so he doesn't get caught. And that's it? That's it. And I mean, I guess he got his comeuppance because he... Keeled over dead from being in that house. Right. Which like, was making him sick somehow. But I don't... Yeah. I didn't I didn't understand what was going on there. It was more like body horror, which yeah. is not my thing anyway. And then this other thing where there was a complete lack of justice for the thing that he did. Yeah. I mean, I guess not complete because he died, but it didn't <laughs> feel connected in any way. Yeah. I don't know. So those two bothered me in ways that were different than how the, all the other ones, I was just like, this is just dumb. Yeah. It was amazing. Like going into the first story, I was like, all right, we're, we're seeing the first story. And it was, you know, like, she was downloading an app on her phone that supposedly lets you see ghosts or something like that. I don't know. But it never, we never even saw the app. It wasn't a thing at all. It was just then some arms grabbed her and that was it. And I was like, wait. Yeah. <laughs> what are we in for? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> at the end, the guy who's trying to find the, you know, who's watching all the stories, we're seeing his story. And he's talking to his best friend and he's like, did you think I wouldn't find out and all that stuff? Mm -hmm. And he says something about how she's not here anymore or something like that. Like she, he suggests yeah. that the girl they're fighting over is gone. And I couldn't tell if it was that she had left him or that he had already killed her and then came to kill the friend or there was also some suggestion, I felt like, that she had been pregnant. And I was like, did she die in childbirth? Like, oh, did yeah, she was. She was pregnant with, with the, the friend's, friend's baby, baby, right? Yeah. And so, like, if she was pregnant with the friend's baby from the affair, and then she died in childbirth, 
like, and he's there blaming his friend for her death because he caused the pregnancy that caused her to die. I'm like, Ooh, that might be kind of interesting, but I couldn't tell if that was something that was actually happening or if I was just trying to make there be something interesting in it. I think, you know, because this guy was being nutso and he was coming in and he was like, she's not here anymore. I think he had killed her. That's what it felt like. But uh, I wanted it to be the other way. Yeah. I feel like I have made it abundantly clear that I was not a fan of the creepypasta movie. Yes, you have. I mean, I guess I don't have any like real complaints about the quality of the movie itself in terms of like how it was done, but also it didn't really impress me. Mm-mm. The stories were ooh, so weak. And even if that was the point, which I strongly suspect it was. You think? I do. I do sort of think the whole point, it was supposed to be kind of funny. It's supposed to be sort of like sisters where <laughs> it was trying to be funny, but like it's a kind of funny that I'm just not hmm. amused by. Interesting. Where they're like, look, we picked the dumbest mo- stories and we're I... making them into movies and wow. <laughs> look what we did. I mean, it's possible. I would never have thought that. But here's the thing. Even if that's what they were doing, I still think it's dumb. So I am going to give this movie one closet full of bodies out of five. I would not recommend it to anybody (laughs) unless you want to hate watch it. And again, all of this with the caveat that everyone who creates a movie has done something that I have not done. So kudos to you. Kudos. But also, I'm vaguely annoyed that I didn't spend that time doing something else besides watching this movie. So that's kind of where I land. What about you? Very different opinion from me. Okay. I'm going to give this one and a half closets full of bodies out of five. So, so not so very different, wildly different Mm -hmm. because my take is I had a really good time. That was a fun (laughs) way to spend an evening. It was terrible Mm -hmm. as you can tell by my rating, but it was just fun to see like, I love anthologies and each new story would start and I'd be like, how is this one going to not end? And it just, it, it, each one was like a minute and a half long. It was just like, boom, they're dead. Yeah. And it was so dumb, so badly written. It just made me laugh. It is funny that there were 11 stories in this movie that was not a long movie. Mm-mm. They really were tiny. There were a couple longer ones, but for the most part, yeah, just like, boom, dead. Mm-hmm. And that's not a story, but apparently they thought it was. And it entertained you. So. It really did. I can't describe it as so bad it's good because it wasn't that good. But it was just, I had, I had fun and I will admit that. And I would, I would recommend it to people who like to watch terrible movies. Okay, that's fair. Fight the horror of a world gone mad. I'm going to use this section today to suggest some various places that you could get information 
that I always find informative and often entertaining at the same time. Here are some places that I go to learn about things that are going on, sources that I sort of trust as much as I trust any sources and, you know, that I, I can go back to re- regularly and not get bored with. Okay. First, there are two sub stacks that I read I daily. I was going to say. One of them is Heather Cox Richardson. Almost every day takes the day's news and relates it in some way to her understanding of history because she has studied history and um, puts the two together in a way that always helps me better understand both history and current events. And I find that fascinating because I'm not good at either one of those things. Mm-hmm. Second substack is Rob Reich. I don't read him every single day because on different days of the week, he does different things. But I really like recently he's been doing on Fridays. He does like a series where he talks about a particular topic. And lately he's been doing this 10 part series about what went wrong with American capitalism and Lots. Um, tying the kind of the history of the American economy to the history of our political systems and how those two are connected. And I find that very interesting as well, because again, the economy and history are two things I'm not great at, and he helps me understand them. I want to put in a plug too related to that, that his son, Sam, runs the game show Game Changers on YouTube, which is highly recommended. Yes, uh, has nothing to do with the economy, politics, history, hey. or anything of any like importance whatsoever importance or value, but is hilarious. Entertainment is important. Is hilarious. And then I don't know if any of my mention of this from earlier, well, when we were, were recording, will actually make it into the podcast today. But right before we filmed this, we were watching a TikTok by your pal Austin. Mm-hmm. I'm a little concerned about him because he is like way deep in the like trying to educate people about the state of the world and politics and taking it very seriously. And I'm a little concerned because it's like he is he is trying to turn an ocean liner with a not even a tugboat, like with a yeah. canoe or pull a school bus up <laughs> off a cliff. Yes. But I frequently find his videos to be very clear. He comes up with good analogies that make me, that help me understand things better. So if you are into TikTok, I would recommend your pal Austin if you want. Wait, is that his username? I think so. I thought you were just calling him my pal. No, I think his username <laughs> is actually your pal Austin. Oh, Austin Archer. And yeah, I would recommend watching him because he does funny like music stuff too, he which is, is where we first started watching him. But lately it's a lot of political rantings and he kind of, you know, I like, like attracts like. Mm-hmm. I feel his pain. Oh, and then in a more mainstream kind of place, I also get lots of good information from the Texas Progressive Daily Podcast, which kind of summarizes mm-hmm. Texas news in like very brief 10-minute everyday sorts of things, which I appreciate. And also there's a podcast called Hashtag Sisters in Law, which is several women who are lawyers or otherwise connected to the legal system and they take legal news and discuss it and answer questions about it and make it accessible. These are all the places that I go to help myself understand things that I know nothing about. 
Good info. Also good info about Game Changer. Definitely. Mm -hmm. New season coming soon. You have to have something to cleanse all of that other stuff out of your brain. Oh, yeah. Big time. And to cleanse creepypasta out of your brain. Big time. Mm -hmm. We're going to go cleanse our brains right now with a whole new movie. And we'll be back next week to talk about it. Awesome. BFN. TTYL. Ready to be funny? <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I'm more ready to be bitter. But I can tell. That's sort of my standard operating procedures these days. And that's what I live with. I just I just live with that. I love you. I'm sorry. <laughs>